0: It's on. Great. (laughs) I'm really sorry about the microphone trouble tonight. Okay. Uh, So I had all the films and I loved them. And I watched them over and over and over. And then uh, real excitement came when I got Back to the Future 3. Because I could get that. Because uh, my sister's friend's brother uh, had Sky. This new thing where you could get all the latest films. Only about two years after they'd come out of the cinema. And so you know, point number one is, and more on this later, that the olden days weren't always better than the present day. And there will be more on that later. Uh, Now, as my passage tonight, talking about about Back to the Future, I could have used that uh, verse that we've seen up there tonight, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1, that says, Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out ahead of us. Or in one version it says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. There's so many great verses in the Bible that speak about Um, the importance of moving away from uh, looking at the past and turning our eyes back to the future. And uh, it said, there was a little uh, line in that clip that we just saw a minute ago that said, no McFly, that's talking about Marty McFly, the hero of the film, and his head teacher says to him, no McFly ever amounted to anything. And then he says that history is going to change. And uh, Back to the Future, at its heart, is all about somebody who wants to break out of the pattern that they're in. They want to change their destiny. They want to give themselves a better future. And so I just want to um, focus tonight on a passage that kind of follows that theme. Again, it's from Matthew 16. And uh, it's from when Jesus is uh, speaking to his disciples, and he's he's spoken to them about um, his his coming death. And some of the disciples didn't understand, but uh, one disciple in particular, Simon, actually recognises who Jesus is. He acknowledges that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. And Jesus um, replies to him, and this is Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 17. It says, Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock... I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So what's that got to do with Back to the Future, you're wondering? Well, when Jesus came to earth, he came to mark out a new era and a new way. And when Jesus was on the cross, he said, See, I am making all things new. So he came to demonstrate uh, that God wanted to meet with his people. He wanted to have a relationship with his people. He He didn't want the empty religious rituals that people had got by on for so long that uh, he wanted something um, something deeper than that. But of course, there were people who didn't like the new way, and people who were comfortable um, with the, the ordinary way of doing things. There were people who didn't see Jesus clearly and what he'd come to communicate. But this was Jesus praising that disciple Simon for really understanding who he was, recognizing that Jesus was the new way. You see, when Jesus came, he came to free us from some things. And I just want to show... A couple of things up here that Jesus came to free us from. Uh, he came to free us from, and I'll elaborate on this in a moment, the pull of the past and the pain of the past. See, others weren't so convinced as, as Simon was. Others wanted to hold on to the old ways. And often when we talk about letting go, uh, we're talking about letting go. Of, when we talk about letting go of the past, we're kind of talking about letting go of hurts and pains and things that are difficult. Um, To think about but sometimes the past can actually have its appeals and this is what i'm talking about here when it says the pull of the past Sometimes we actually like the past. We actually like uh, our memories of the past Uh, Because it's similar. It's it's familiar. Sorry. It's safe. It's comfortable. It's cozy And when in comparison we can look at the future and it can seem scary and uh, unnerving and uncertain And that's when we become victim To the pull of the past And Simon Peter had broken out of that because he was recognizing who Jesus was and what he'd come to bring. I just want to read about um, somebody or a couple of people who um, were pulled in by the past. Uh, In 1985, Malcolm Forbes, the American publisher, paid $156,450 for a bottle of Chateau Lafitte 1787. That's a bottle of wine for anyone who's not an expert. This made it much too valuable to drink, so he put it on display in a special glass case. Unfortunately, the spotlights that artfully lit the precious bottle caused the ancient cork to shrink, and it fell with a $156,000 splash into the bottle. Even worse was the fate of an 18th-century Chateau Margaux, reputed to have been once owned by the American president, Thomas Jefferson, and valued very precisely at $519,750 dollars. While showing off his acquisition at a New York restaurant in 1989, William Socolin, a wine merchant, accidentally knocked the bottle against the side of a serving cart and it broke in an instant, converting the world's most expensive bottle of wine into the world's most expensive carpet stain. And the restaurant manager dipped a finger in the wine and declared that it was no longer drinkable anyway. Some people there wasted a lot of money trying to cling on to something that should have stayed in the past. And you know, if we become so obsessed by the good things that were in our past, then we can begin to waste away our present and lose sight of our future. You see, there may be things that are in our past that, you know, we can look back to as being the highlight. And there may be people here tonight who who are perhaps in this situation where you look back and you can see that, um, you know, the kind of pinnacle of of your life perhaps is behind you. Perhaps you see it, that... um, a past situation that you were in. It might be a circle of friends that you were once in. It might be a relationship you were once in. It might be a job or a house or a school or even a church you were in. Perhaps you're looking back to uh, this church before we started playing space hopper races in the church. I don't know. But uh, Isaiah 43, uh, verse 18 says, "'Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness.'" ...and streams in the wasteland. You see, circumstances change. We go through seasons in our life. But God is still God in all of those seasons. And perhaps the change has come in your life... ...because God wants to do a new thing in you. Perhaps he wants to give you an opportunity... ...to broaden your horizons, to look out uh, more. Perhaps he wants to give you an opportunity... ...to grow as a person, to develop a greater character... To, uh, to develop new skills and new abilities. And perhaps to develop more confidence and strength than you could have done if you were in that old situation. See, again, the olden days weren't or aren't always better than the present day. And again, more on that later. So just very briefly, and I'm not going to dwell on this for long, but the pain of the past can come in forms of you know, hurts that have been inflicted on us by other people. Anyone ever been hurt before? Let's just have a show of hands for that. Anyone ever been hurt before? Okay, and a bit more of a tough question. Anyone ever hurt anyone before? Okay, yeah, I think that would be all of us, wouldn't it? Because the pain of the past can be caused by uh, mistakes that have uh, been inflicted upon us, and sometimes it can be uh, caused by mistakes that we've made ourselves. But it's simple, simple to say that God can move us past both of those things. In Psalm 103, it says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions, our sins from us. So if God has moved us away from them, we need to not keep going back to them. We need to not cling on to the pain of the past, and whether that's pain that we've caused or other people have caused. Now, I don't want to spend too long talking about this here, because you know, I don't want to dwell in the past, and I want us to uh, get on to speaking about the future, but as I do so and as I speak about the future, then hopefully it will cover uh, some of these things as well. Because, you know, we want to be people who have our eyes fixed firmly on the future. That doesn't mean that we ignore the past and pretend it never happened. So if somebody says to you, did you have a good week last week? You don't look at them blankly and say, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I've, last week, I don't know what you're on about. You know, and if your boss says to you, you know, remember last Tuesday when I asked you to, you know, get that report on my desk? You can't sort of turn to them and say, Isaiah 43:18." forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. (laughs) And anniversaries as well, it's not an excuse to forget about those, please remember your anniversaries. But you know, we acknowledge and at times we celebrate what's happened, what's gone before us. We need to treasure our memories and you know, we need to constantly live our lives in such a way that we're creating great memories. You know, as a family in our our home, uh, we love to have photographs around us to remind us of some of the great times that we've spent together. You know, and it's great to create memories and to do those things. But We don't want to get stuck in the past. We don't want to live there. We need to have our eyes fixed on the future. So what does the future have to offer us? Uh, Let's just have a look up here. The future offers us possibilities, and it offers us promise. And so I just want to talk about the possibilities of the future for a moment. Um, See, possibilities, uh, there are possibilities in the future because, you know, it hasn't happened yet. So we can shape it, we can make it, uh, we can create it, we can do something about it. The past has already gone, so there's nothing we can do about that. Um, but we're standing, where, whatever time we're in, whether it's you know, tonight, whether it's tomorrow morning, whether it's three weeks' time, we're standing with the past behind us and the future ahead of us. And all we can ever do at each point is to look to the future and set our minds and set our eyes on that. And so um, this might not be a particularly um, seamless link, but... Talking about possibilities of the future, I want to talk to you about germs for a moment. Is that okay? Anybody here an expert on germs? Okay. Well, I just want to—I just want to read something from a book that I was reading recently about the germs that are around in your homes. Are you all looking forward to going to bed tonight? For your bed alone, if it is averagely clean, averagely old, averagely dimensioned, and turned averagely often, which is to say almost never, it's likely to be home to some two million tiny bed mites, too small to be seen with the naked eye, but unquestionably there. If It has been calculated that if your pillow, so I need to think about your nice comfy pillow now, is six years old, which is the average age for a pillow, one-tenth of its weight will be made up of dead skin. We're all looking forward to going to bed tonight. Living and dead mites will also be in there. And mite dung. So that's one-tenth of the weight of your pillow is made up of those things. Okay, and I'll skip on the bit where it talks about all the lice that crawl around amongst the bed mites. Okay, and uh, I just want to... um, (laughs) Uh, Just to talk about a little survey that was done about the uh, the cleanliness of of, uh, the average home. And this guy did a survey, and he measured bacterial content in different rooms in various houses and found that typically the cleanest surface of all in the average house was, any ideas? The toilet seat. That is because it's wiped down with disinfectant more than any other surface. By contrast, the average desktop has five times more bacteria living on it than the average toilet seat. The dirtiest area of all was? The kitchen sink uh, with the kitchen dishcloth being the dirtiest item in most homes, and then it's used to wipe it on wipe the counters uh, to wipe um, the dishes to wipe the children 's faces, and um, so you're spreading that all around. see anyone get the idea that sometimes we're looking for germs in the wrong places <laughs> okay um, well, this does have a link, I assure you, okay, because uh, you see. Some people thought that Jesus was looking in the wrong places for things. And people around Jesus didn't understand him because he seemed to be uh, looking at the wrong places, the wrong kind of people. Because he was spending his time with all the riffraff, the dregs of society, you know, the, the fishermen and the tax collectors. But you know, he saw something in them. He saw something that other people didn't see. And, you know, like we don't necessarily see all of the bed mites that are in our beds and all of the uh, bacteria that are crawling around our kitchen sink as we speak. Jesus saw things in these people that other people couldn't see. And likewise, those who are thought of most highly, you know, the religious leaders, the teachers of the law, under Jesus' microscope, their lives were crawling uh, with the germs of pride and hypocrisy. You see, I'm not advocating that you start, you know, serving your dinner off the toilet seat or uh, hosting dinner parties in the bathroom or anything like that. But I am advocating that we don't just take things at face value. So when we look at other people, let's not just take them at face value. Let's not dismiss them as being one thing when really there may be something else uh, that's going on. And just as importantly, we need to consider ourselves, because it's all right saying look at other people, but sometimes we can be so dismissive of ourselves. So let's not look at ourselves in that way, but let's look at ourselves the way that Jesus would. You know, don't write yourself off just because you've made mistakes in the past or because things haven't worked out the way that you wanted them to work out. Because just like that microscope. Jesus sees things very differently. Now, we as people, we tend to judge other people by the past or judge ourselves by our past. You know, we look at what's gone before. We look at the experiences that we've had Or we look at the experiences that other people have. If you're going for a job, people look at what you've done in the past. They will look at your CV. But, you know, looking back at this passage uh, in Matthew 16, Jesus was very different. He wasn't looking uh, at their CVs. He wasn't uh, looking at the mistakes that they made. But he looked at their future. And he looked at their potential. He looked at the possibilities of the future. So when Jesus' disciple Simon recognized that Jesus was the Son of God... Jesus replies to him, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. And then he goes on to say that uh, that on you, on Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. So he declares greatness over this man's future, saying that he'll build his church on him and that, you know, he will be called Peter. And again, I'm going to come back to that in a moment. And the amazing thing is that it wasn't just the the past sins uh, that Jesus ignored, because You know, obviously Peter was just a human being and he committed many sins, just like we all have. But it wasn't just the past sins that he ignored. He actually ignores his future sin as well. And he does the same with us. When we come into a relationship with Jesus, he accepts us. He opens his arms to us, despite the fact that, you know, let's face it, even in our future, even in our relationship with with Jesus, you know, we're still going to mess up, aren't we? You know, perhaps some of us will mess up before tomorrow is out. Perhaps some of us are going to mess up before uh, today is out. Perhaps some of us will mess up uh, before we've even left this building tonight. Who knows? Has anyone ever had a row before on the way to church? Nobody. <laughs> Has anyone have ever had a row on the way home from church? You think so? On the way to church? Have you? <laughs> But you know, when Jesus looks at you, he looks at you with all the all the rubbish taken out and all of his goodness poured into you. And he sees you for what you can be and what you will be, not what you've been in the past or even not even what you are now. And now last week I watched this great film. It wasn't um, Back to the Future. It was uh, The Social Network. Has anyone seen it? Uh, and this uh, is, tells the story of uh, the introduction of Facebook and how it all started. And... Uh, The main, the central character of this film is a kind of, you know, he's an ordinary guy, perhaps a slightly nerdy guy. And, um, you know, many people dismissed this guy uh, because he wasn't perhaps the most sociable person. Uh, Perhaps they thought that he was a a nerd. Um, But obviously this guy had huge potential. And he's now uh, the youngest billionaire in the world. And even if, as the film shows, there's a bit of a dispute around um, where the idea came from. But... um, Aside from all that, you know, can we possibly imagine the world now without Facebook? Some of you can. (laughs) Eric can. You're not a Facebook fan, Eric. (laughs) But, you know, without Facebook, uh, we wouldn't be able to uh, find out which Twilight character we're most like. And, uh, you know, how much less would the keys ROFL be used on our computers? We wouldn't ever be able to come to our laptop and realize that we'd left ourselves logged into Facebook um, and somebody else has uh, changed our status Uh, So if you go onto Facebook later and you've uh, discovered that Josh Turner is now married and he's changed his religious beliefs to Jedi, um, that's because he didn't sign out of the back earlier. You know, however limiting, however negative, however ordinary the situation is that you might find yourself in, there's nothing to say that that is where you need to remain. You know, the situation that you're in now isn't necessarily the situation that you're going to be in. Um, weeks from now, months from now, years from now. Okay, and I just want to talk to you finally about the promise of the future. And I just want to share a story um, of a situation that I found myself in a few years ago. And uh, it was in late uh, November 2007, uh, so a few years back. I started getting pains in my in my stomach. and um, That started off like um, having bad indigestion, but it was kind of all of the time. And gradually it got worse and worse until it... Um, was like these sharp uh, shooting pains, and then I was, you know, practically doubled over. And I spent a lot of the time feeling nauseous, and um, I was in constant pain. Um, And I went to the doctors a few times, and I came for prayer in church, and I got prayed for by the leaders, and I went to the doctors again. um, And there's no real solution to it, and, you know, they just suggested taking painkillers, which, to me, you know, okay, I can take painkillers, but it wasn't really getting to the cause of the problem. And they'd say things like, don't get stressed, but then it's quite hard to get, not get stressed when you know, you're in pain and you don't know what's causing it, and obviously it makes you stressed. And then, you know. So it's a bit of a vicious cycle, really. Um, but yeah, nothing to really actually get to the cause of the problem. And then over the, the course of those months, I got booked in for uh, various tests, and uh, none of them were particularly pleasant. Um, but still they found um, no real answers to it, and I was still in um, you know, terrible pain quite a lot of the time. Um, and it got to March of the following year, so I'd been suffering with it for a few months Um, Now, so March 2008, and during that time, I'd done um, what many others would have done in similar situations. And I turned uh, several times to that great source of wisdom and clarity and peace, the Internet. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, on the Internet, you can, you know, you can type in your symptoms and it can come up with all sorts of miserable and depressing uh, illnesses for you to choose from. And I started to read about other people who'd had the same kind of pains that I had got. And I read things about how it was ruining their lives and how they couldn't uh, go out any longer and enjoy life anymore. And then I had several doctors telling me uh, that it was probably uh, some kind of chronic condition like um, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, that maybe something that I'd have to learn uh, to live with on an ongoing basis. And, you know, gradually I started to become um, quite down about this and become uh, convinced that... You know, the best part of my life was behind me, and despite all the other wonderful things that were going on around me, you know, my, my wonderful wife and my little baby girl, who was only very little at the time, you know, I started to feel that my future was going to be coloured by this this pain that I was in, this physical pain. And now, in telling this, I don't want to give you the, uh, the impression that within this I didn't have any faith in God, because I guess like many of us have experienced in situations like this, and I know that there's people... Um, Here in this room, who have gone through far worse uh, conditions and situations uh, than I have. But, you know, during that time, you know, in these situations, we can go through times of great faith and then times of great uncertainty. And, you know, there were times when I'd really question, you know, what my future was going to be like because it had been months and months and months and the pain hadn't gone away. But I prayed and I sought God and I cried out to God on many, many occasions. And then uh, one night... Um, it was in April of uh, that following year, um, April 2008, and I was I was here at a Friday night prayer meeting, and I'd been in particular pain on that day. Uh, and on that night, while we were worshiping, uh, Phil gave a, a prophetic word, and you know this word could have been for several people who were in the room that night. Um, I don't know, but he he said, "God wants to say that your best days." are in front of you and not behind you. Now that might have struck a chord with many people there that night, but that came as the word of the Lord to me there and then. You know, have you ever had that experience where, you know, the word of God can be like a reassuring hand on your shoulder and a slap across the face at the same time? Because that's what it was like that night. And it really just changed something in me and shifted something in me. So did the pain go away instantly? No. And did I immediately stop getting worried and scared about it? No. But can I look back now and see that God spoke that word to me in April 2008 and now in February uh, 2011 I can safely say that I'm living in my better days. Yes, I can. And I'm confident that my best days are still in front of me. You know, and it took uh, well over a year for those pains to stop. And I don't, you know, I don't know why they stopped, or why they were there in the first place, and what, you know, what was different. But they did stop after you know, several, several months. But that word that I heard on that night carried me through that time. And there was a gradual shift in my thinking, in my attitude, in my outlook that perhaps put me in a place where God was able to heal me. Because your future is full of the promise of God. So my word to you tonight is the same word that I heard on that night. That your best days are in front of you and not behind you. I just want to share two promises from the Bible with you. Uh, One from uh, Haggai Haggai, uh, uh, chapter 2 verse 9. And it says the future glory of this temple. Talking about the new temple that had been built the future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. Or as it says in one version, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former. Now who knows here that, you know, God doesn't dwell in a physical uh, building called a temple anymore. But he dwells inside you. You are the temple of God. And the glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it's often quoted, but it doesn't stop it from being any more relevant. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Does that mean that life is always going to be easy? No, it doesn't. And we heard a great message about that this morning. But we have a God who is with us. A God who um, sees the possibilities and the promise that's in us for the future. And in this passage that I've, that we've been looking at, Jesus gives this disciple Simon a new name. Because he, he names him Peter, which means the rock. And it was a recognition that this was a turning point, a new start for him. You know, and here tonight, God wants to give some of you a new name. Because some of you here, you know, you may have been called... You may have been called a failure. Somebody may have called you useless. I don't know whether this is a word for somebody and, you know, these things can be uh, spoken about lightheartedly and jokingly, but, you know, sometimes these things can really get to us. But um, there may be somebody here who's who's been called old or start to think of themselves as too old. But I just want to say to you that God still wants to use you and do great things with you. And your best days are in front of you and not behind you. Because we serve a God who is able to do more than we could possibly ask or hope or imagine. So let's not be limited by our own understanding, but let's open ourselves up uh, to the possibilities and the promises that God has for our future.